Hi there, I'm David Harvey, and I'm here with John Andrews, and this is the Two Techs Podcast. In this podcast, we're two friends in two different countries, here with you every two weeks talking about two different texts from the Bible. In this season, as we enter our second year of podcasting together, we step beyond the stories of Jesus in the Gospels and into the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts is a series of stories and events from the early church when they encounter the disrupting presence of the Holy Spirit. So David, last time we were together, we were reflecting on this incredible encounter that Peter and John were having with this very high-powered religious Sanhedrin, and how they really handled themselves superbly well, to the extent that although the Sanhedrin recognised that they were unlearned, unschooled men, that they saw, understood, whatever that fully means, that they'd been with Jesus, and we, we sort of reflected a little bit on that. Uh, but the problem these guys have had, the Sanhedrin had, is is that the, the, the man who is healed, who is over 40 years old, is standing right in front of them. They can't really refute this miracle. So they're sort of putting pressure on the apostles to back off, to dial their rhetoric down and their behavior mm-hmm. down. And so we left it where literally after f- further threats, they let them go. And Peter and John um, head back to the community of faith. And we're, we're going to, sort of going to pick that little leaving the Sanhedrin and going back to the community of faith moment and this incredible moment of engagement, community and prayer that is is definitely worth a, a bit of a reflection. Totally, totally. And and so what we'll do is I'll just I'm going to read the text right now yeah. and then let's jump into exploring this. So this is from Acts chapter four and verse 23. And it, and it literally picks us up exactly where where you've described us leaving off. It says, after they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they raised their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, it is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Wow. Come on. The word of the Lord. Meeting. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. What a prayer meeting. That will work. <laughs> yeah. Quite, quite something in that text, isn't it? There's, there's so many little moments, even just as you read it through, you kind of feel the, 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 the intensity of that passage. Oh, I, I love it. Absolutely. I, I mean, the, the first thing it struck me as I was listening to you again, and, and I just love the immediate contrast of it, is that Peter and John leave this 
courtroom community gathering. Mm. And the first thing they do, they went back to their own people. They went back to, to yeah. the, clearly the implication is the church, the community of yes. faith and reported all that the chief priests and elders did. I love that. I love the, I love the sense of intentionality that they go from one community, as it were, which is mm. profoundly against them mm. and sought to sort of disempower them in a sense. Yes, yes. And then they immediately go to this community of faith to both encourage them and be encouraged, this mm. sense of of affirmation in this. And, uh, and and I just I just love that mm. idea. And I don't know if you spotted this, David, I thought there was a lovely little, uh, you know, when it talks about going to their own people, it's that word idios again. It's mm -hmm. that, I did, yeah. And, and, yeah, did you spot that? I, I thought that was a cool little spot where when, when the sort of, the the Sanhedrin referred to them as ordinary and unschooled. And then you have this lovely connection, but they saw that they'd been with Jesus. Here's now Peter and James going back to these ordinary people, having left this high-powered theological yes. sort of inquisition. And they go back to these so-called ordinary people. And it's in the context mm -hmm. of these ordinary people that now we get a dynamic supernatural demonstration again mm -hmm. and i just love the play on that i just i, just, I thought it's mm -hmm. it's a little bit less obvious in english but yes i thought in the greek text there's a lovely little connection there that seems to be leaning yeah. into something quite powerful i mean if you think back to the last two episodes we talked a little bit about the power dynamic that's going on in this text who's uh, and so if you just if you literally just raise your elevation to two, three thousand feet above all of the texts we've talked about the last few episodes and then now today, it's beautiful that you've got the power structures of of the formal, you know, the formal sources of power, the rulers, mm -hmm. the, the the government of that city and, and, and that town. And I think it's worth always remembering that 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 the religious leadership was more than just the church council, as we might yeah, think of it, yeah. they were hugely influential in city life, in day-to-day in -day yeah, life. Yeah. So you've got the power structures saying, no, no, we're in charge. We don't like this rebellious new group that are causing issues. And they are, you know, this word idios, ordinary. And yeah. then these ordinary people return to their ordinary folks. I mean, yes. like you say, it's exactly what it's saying in chapter four. <laughs> they return to the ordinary. And what happens there is that the place is shaken and, and and they are they are shook as a result of this and so you get this little subtlety in what you've said there the the question of where does the holy spirit find place to work where does the holy spirit reside not in the standard structures of power right so but yep. but in the places where there is an open heart to the work of the holy spirit and so as is a common refrain Remember we're reading Acts. It's written by by our friend, the doctor, yes. <laughs> Luke. And what did we find at the start with Mary? The spirit of the Lord is the thing. So yeah. we're seeing the spirit just work so beautifully consistently. Like that God is completely ignorant towards our structures of power mm -hmm. and will happily will happily work in a ruler with an open heart as happy as he will to a young lady who's in a slightly awkward social situation to a group of fishermen who have decided they're going to change the world and i just that's hanging a lot on one use of the word ordinary but <laughs> but, but well, i think it's I think there in the right. story <laughs> i do i i i do i i think that's very i think luke is 
extremely clever in in some in the way he sort of connects certain ideas together. And I think that's one of them. And and I love the reinforcement of community there. I think for for some of our listeners, there is a beautiful uh, repeat theme throughout the book of Acts of mm. God doing something in community, not just with the individual. And of course, we totally believe he can do stuff in and through and for the individual. Of course, of course yeah. we do. But but there is this constant repeat of the importance of community, the importance of the gathering and God doing something there. And we, we've already reflected on that in X2 when the Holy Spirit comes and and, and, and what, what happens there. But it's funny, you see a little repeat of this with Peter in X12 when Peter gets out of prison, miraculously delivered by the angel. Uh, who who gets him out of prison, the first place Peter goes is to the house of Mary. And there's a prayer meeting happening there. Mm. And you get this incredible, okay, first thing he does, he goes to the community of faith. Mm. And then there's a lovely repeat of that idea in sort of Acts 14, where when Paul and when Paul Saul and Barnabas go on their first missionary journey. When they finish that missionary journey, they return to the church at Antioch and they return to that sense of community. And then there's a gorgeous one for me in Acts 16, where when Paul and Silas get out of prison, right Mm -hmm. at the end of that, before leaving Philippi, they go to the house of Lydia, Mm -hmm. see the brothers, literally see the brothers to their face and then then they encourage them and they leave. So you get this beautiful repeat idea that that these believers aren't just operating in some sort of individualistic maverick behavior. Mm. They aren't just going off on their own. Here's Peter and John after having faced the Sanhedrin. What do they do? Back to the community. Yeah. yeah. Peter gets released from prison. What does he do? Back to the community. Paul Paul and Barnabas, after, after a two-year missionary trip, what do they do? Back to the community. Paul and Silas, after persecution, back to the community. So you're getting this constant reinforcement that something is not only really fundamentally important about community, but God is often doing something dynamic Mm. in that community. Amazing. And I think it's a reinforcement of the power that that the Spirit of God wants to, to dynamically empower not just us as individuals, but as us as a community. And and we draw Mm. from that. And and I think post post lockdown in its various forms across the earth, I think it's probably reinforced some of those ideas for us as well. Mm. Well, I, I love how just this, the spirit is working just in ordinary homes in the way that you mm. describe it there as well, that, that mm. again, there is this world of, I, I, the word power structure sounds so intense and formal, but there is a structure to how we see prestige there's a structure to how we see authority there's things that we imagine i mean you and me are recording this in the aftermath of the queen's funeral right and that was not a funeral like ordinary funerals that funeral communicated things about authority and wealth and prestige and 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 all Mm. of those sort of things and Mm. what i love in acts is that the Holy Spirit is not approaching the world the way that we would. And and that shouldn't surprise us because Jesus was born in a manger, right? But mm. but so often 
even followers of Jesus. You and me will battle this throughout all of our lives, as will everyone listening to this podcast. We get drawn into this way of thinking that assumes Uh that that's how it works. So you spend time on Instagram and here's the people doing well. And then we don't see the people that are not doing well because we don't post about that sort of stuff. And I, I love the idea that, that, you can be listening to the two of us talking on a podcast. And and we know some of the people that listen to us. We get messages. Some people are pastors, right? Some people are working in in influential spaces. Some people are are listening while they're going for a jog. Some people get in touch with us and are saying, well, I'm not even like what you would classically call a Christian, but I'm I'm listening to this podcast. And I love that what Acts is telling us is the Holy Spirit is open to work, Mm. whoever you are, uh, whether you're listening to this because I'm I'm, I'm preaching sermons to help people or whether you're just out walking a road, not even sure what you believe, but somebody said, hey, you should listen to these two guys with strange accents. Uh, (laughs) And and what what you're hearing at Acts is the Holy Spirit works where he's welcome. And I I think that's a message from the first century but but Luke is writing this, and it's this thread, this beautiful golden thread that runs through both his books. I think yeah. he wants us to take that message home, sure. that you can return to your ordinary. So Peter yes. and John go back to their ordinary. You can return to your ordinary. And guess what? That's where the Holy Spirit might shake you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, so, so you don't need to jump on a plane and fly to where it seems like something extraordinary is happening. Not that we're yeah. discrediting the extraordinary, but but to just confess that the Holy Spirit is absolutely perfectly happy working wherever you are right now. And I, yeah. I don't know, John, I just, I love that about the New Testament mm. and about Acts. Absolutely. No, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And, and, and as you were, as you were reflecting, I was, I was just thinking about some of the people who welcomed the Holy Spirit into their world in the book of Acts. And, and you, you get that Mary opened her home, opened her home in Jerusalem, yeah. clearly an influential meeting place where yes. it's the first place Peter goes when he gets out of prison. So it must have been a fairly significant gathering place. And it's referred to as Mary's home yes, and the mother of John yes. Mark. And then, and then the first church planted in what we would call today Europe is uh-huh. in Lydia's home. <laughs> Yeah. And and of course, I I just can't help think that Doctor Luke again is reinforcing the idea that that certain people are mentioned because they represent. For, please forgive me. I know people will hear me properly here. They represent the margins, or they represent the ordinariness, or they represent mm-hmm. maybe certain types of people that may not be top of the list for a God mm-hmm. move, and yes. yet. These little bits of detail are included because I think Luke is doing exactly that. He's saying, actually, if a, a Gentile businesswoman opens up her heart and opens up her home, yeah. the Holy Spirit will come. If, totally. if a, an influential Jewish woman in Jerusalem opens up her home, Holy Spirit will come. And, totally. and you get these gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I, I, I love the Acts 16 thing, you know, where it says the Lord opened Lydia's heart and then immediately it says, and she opened her home. Yes. I love, I love that, just that reciprocation. Okay. You've opened my heart. I'll open my home. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the Holy Spirit comes. And I, and I love the fact that wherever these believers are meeting for this prayer meeting in Acts 4, there is 
an openness to the Holy Spirit. They are inviting the Holy Spirit in. They're inviting the presence of God in. And of course, in this particular case, we see a profound demonstration of that in in that way. I just I just love that. Just love that. And then and then of course from the other end of the scale, I always love the conversation between Paul and King Agrippa in Acts 26, where mm-hmm. where Paul's telling him all the things and Agrippa replies, well, are you, are you trying to persuade me to become a Christian too? <laughs> to, which, to, <laughs> to, which, to which Paul replies, whether quickly or not, it's verse 29 of Acts 26, mm. whether quickly or not, I pray to God that not only you, all who are listening to me today, yeah, and and beautiful. and it's just and and so actually to your point that that the, the Holy Spirit from from Lydia to Mary, but you know King Agrippa too because he's also Absolutely. part of the ends of the earth. So it's it's not to hear that God doesn't care about the normal power structures. Mm. It's that everybody's being treated as as welcome to to mm. if they will open their hearts to it. And I just, it's just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. It's 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 that layer that when you pick up a text like this to read is not instantly apparent in the text itself. But if you just spend a little bit of time thinking True. about the big story that Luke's telling, True. you're realizing it is there. It's part of the message of this text. Absolutely. And it's totally ingrained in them. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think... You know that this is part and parcel of who they are, and 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 for me again, I, I just caught as you were reading, I just caught the the emphasis again. Verse twenty four, they raised their voices together mm-hmm. in prayer, and of course, we we spend a lot of time in Acts two, and the very first opening verse of Acts chapter two, they mm-hmm. were all together in mm-hmm. one place. So, so in Acts four, we're we're about to see a sort of a a really a supernatural feel to a moment where where stuff shakes, where mm-hmm. there's a physicality to their experience in that. And of yes. course, in Acts 2, we, we've seen this incredible outpouring of the Spirit. And one of the common themes is they're, they're, they're gathered as a community, mm-hmm. but this sense of they are together, they're, they're, they're at one. Uh, and, and it seems that when they're, one in community that this as a at a community level this seems to be a real a real can i say invitation is that too strong mm-hmm. but but certainly an attraction to the holy spirit that he's not just yes. drawn to the to the community per se but he's drawn to community that is together and you mm-hmm. get this beautiful sense of of togetherness Yes. With, within that, does that make sense? A sort of a, a again a, yeah. as a, a repeat idea. So, if you look at this little passage that we're reading right through to the end of the chapter, Luke almost seems to, and I'm just kind of looking at this as you were as you were sort of talking about that there, but he almost seems to bring his full compendium of words to describe all the different ways that they are together right so yeah. so you get you get this notion here in verse 24 they they raise their voices and the english translation gives us together right but but the word is is kind of i mean it's it, it it's a it's a construct of of homothumos yeah. in yeah. that sense so yeah. so it's a it's, mind, it's with right? one mind or with yeah, one yeah. accord so that it's not like 
it, it, it's to me to me I'm, I'm thinking now of, of soccer metaphors there's you i've been in this situation and, and i'm going to say this with great pain john but um, you you will really enjoy it but i i've been to football stadiums and watched games and you can just hear just loud crowd noise right yeah but one of the most incredible places i've ever been was was in the cop right for a liverpool versus manchester united game now that was that was the closest to Jesus I've probably ever been because I was a Manchester United <laughs> fan in the Liverpool. I mean, there's no more Liverpool place in the world than the cop, is there? And, yeah. uh, but even as a, a, a fan of the, uh, the opposing team, there's this moment in the moment where all of a sudden they all start singing, you'll never walk alone. Right? Amazing, yeah. And it switches, from, it switches from a stadium full of people making a lot of noise to a stadium of one voice and Absolutely. and even as a fan of the opposing team who have a deep long and bitter rivalry <laughs> i would still say it's one of the most incredible sporting moments of my life to be in that place at that time and and almost using that and and we've maybe seen it on tv with it there's a difference between all together and all together with one voice so so you get this in verse in verse 24 but then as the text rolls down, you get then in verse 31, the, the place they were gathered to together was, was, was shaken and they were gathered yeah. together. But now it speaks more to them as a collective as, yes. as a, as, and that. And then, and then in verse 32, we've not read that yet, but jumping ahead, they were of one heart and soul. And then you get, and they owned everything in koina, in in, in, yeah. in common, right? Mm. So it, it's as if Luke is just trying to build this image Absolutely. of the Holy Spirit knitting everything together in all That's of true. the different ways that things can be together. And, and I, I think I think we should pay attention to that. For sure. And and, and I noticed, because when I, when I saw that and heard that, I sort of tracked it back as well. And I notice, for example, chapter one, verse fourteen. They they were together, and and the context there is prayer, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is a really a really beautiful. And then the one that we've referred to already, two verse one. They mm-hmm. were all together in one place. There's a there's a, a together in place, mm-hmm. and then uh, again we we lent into this really hard two and two forty six that sense that. They're sort of together in their practices, which you've got that that sort of conclusion that they continued daily together or in one accord in the temple. Mm-hmm. So this is this is now developing. For some of our listeners who really want to track this idea, mm-hmm. we're we're only in to the end of chapter four, and this <laughs> together idea is mahusive. I mean, it is yeah, absolutely yeah. relentless. Yes, And there seems to be a link between together and a special type of togetherness, not just, hey, mm-hmm. it's good to see you looking at the back of somebody's head in a service, but this idea of one mindness together in heart, together in thinking, together mm-hmm. in, in a commitment to something. And your analogy of Liverpool fans at Anfield, I mean, I, I have been there in such a moment and it's mm. it's just worship without Jesus, isn't it? It's yes, it's totally. it's an absolutely spectacular goose pimpling moment, if anyone's ever experienced it, whatever your allegiances are. But I loved your analogy. You're absolutely right. It goes from individual noise to a corporate voice. 
and something powerful happens in the corporate voice, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen in the individual noise. Noise is noise, but a voice is a voice. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and I think you're getting that here with Dr. Luke. We're now bumping into this together idea, this mm-hmm. one mind idea fairly consistently and we're only tripping over the end of chapter four and we keep bouncing into it so yeah. I, I for me there's all and this is a great little reflection for our listeners i think when you when you if the bible says something once we should pay attention to it but when the bible repeats yeah. it sort of keeps circling round to an idea mm. i think we should we should be paying attention and and that is certainly an idea worth tracking in the book of Acts for me. Mm. And, and 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 for me it's at the heart it's the heart, David, of my ecclesiology. It's mm. it, it is this idea of of together is very powerful. Well, the early church, just coming towards the end of the biblical period and into the sort of second century as the church becomes more established and starts to build its structures. It's interesting that the word that they use to describe the word, the church is the word Catholic, right? Which is a word which we have turned into more of a denominational word. So people hear the word Catholic now and they think the Roman Catholic Church. They think about the Pope mm-hmm. and, and all these sorts of journeys. But but prior to all of that, you have this Greek word, this mm-hmm. this development from kataholos, according to the whole. The the yeah. and I th- I think it's a beautiful word. In the early ap- yeah. apostolic creed, we believe in in the Holy Catholic Church. And again, mm. often when people hear that, sometimes when we confess that in our church, people say, "Are, are, are we are we Roman Catholics?" And we say, "No, no, no. <laughs> this creed is from much much earlier than that, before we broke down into all of these different divisions." But think about. I think it's a great question to ask yourself as Christians: Why did the early church choose that word? And I think it's because the theology that they were exposed to, the reflections they had about the work of the Holy Spirit, was it's holistic. The Holy Spirit's bringing us all together. together. So I love the idea that when they decided to describe what do we want to say about the church. The two words they chose were holy and Catholic, right? Yeah. And I think there's something holiness talking about the grandeur of what God is doing in us and yeah. Catholic in terms of it, it's about all of us together. Now, and I, I would confess with some pain that probably that doesn't describe so much of our experience of the church in the present world. But mm-hmm. I love that it's there in the vision of what the church is, is, is about, yeah, totally. And and I think if we can if we can move beyond that as a sort of an organizational idea mm. and see that as fundamentally um organic in the spiritual sense. I, I, I over the years I've met so many people and we think about together purely functionally. Mm. It's just good to be together rather than not be together. When we're together we can do a whole bunch of stuff together. Mm. You know, we can have great fun. And and I get all of that, totally, totally, totally. But it's possible to be together and not be together, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it is possible to go, yeah, yeah, I, I really like going to church. And what we mean by that is attending a service. And that's wonderful. Mm. But this together is describing something slightly different or not different. Let's say, that, let me say more, deeper, mm-hmm. further. Mm-hmm. So there is a togetherness that, that actually drives us into a oneness 
Mm-hmm. And, and I think I I I I think that's it. The idea that that's the heart of that idea that you've just articulated. That mm-hmm. it's not just about oh yeah, I'm a member of X local church, mm-hmm. but it's a sense of do we have together community experiences? Do we have mm-hmm. are we together? And and I would suspect that for many of us, that's that's not a a common experience. Mm-hmm. Meeting in church services with other Christians, very common experience. Being together, less mm-hmm. common. Yes. And, and I don't want to sound like some sort of judgmental, pious person. There, I, It's really not my heart. This is as, as much a challenge to me as to anybody. But it's that idea of, of really investing in together, which is, is more than attending together and 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 i think in x4 here that's what you're getting i think something is happening that's more than just oh this is our regular prayer meeting sort of thing or this is our regular bible study meeting mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. there's something else going on here because i think there's a deeper together i mean i think there's a lot that we could say about that john and i'm thinking even in in his commentary on acts uh, willie jennings talks about this exactly what you're saying there he talks about it in chapter five that he explores this idea and and he's he's very critical actually it's quite a hard read but he's critical about how the church has tended towards creating different forms of togetherness that actually work against the togetherness and and one of the places he actually goes after it is in how we think about marriage, right? Mm. And how what we often do, and, and let me try and say this succinctly, but how what we often do within the church is we we elevate marriage to a status that it can't sustain on its own because we see, oh, that's where you're going to find togetherness, right? Mm. But then what we do is we expect marriage to carry all of the togetherness <laughs> that a person needs. Yep. Right? And and that then, and he says, we make almost this idol of the couple, which makes church a hard place if you're not married. Right? It makes us highly jumpy about marriage in all of its forms. And then when it doesn't work properly, but actually, if I understand him correctly, what he says is sometimes marriage allows us to ignore that we're not building community within the church because as long as our church is made up of families it appears that there's lots of togetherness in the the church and in the community and i i mean that cuts Uh, as a pastor you think oh goodness that's a challenge but i think it's this sort of i think it's there even in what you're saying today that, that that there's an intentionality to the community of the church that is more than than we're often seeing right i mean does that yeah Oh, totally. On the money, on the money. And if any of our listeners are singles for whatever reason, they will have experienced probably the difficulty of breaking into that community a little bit. And of course, some some church communities have worked very hard to sort of try and accommodate that. And and I think what hasn't helped us in modern church is that we've become very programmatic. And as Mm -hmm. a result, then much of our together is program driven rather Mm -hmm. than fostering dynamic relational heart Mm. and expression of that relation in ministry and community. So Mm. so we often turn up to church, as it were, forgive that language, but we often turn up to a church service and we are essentially in a programmed event with 
either members of our mini community or friends that we've met when we're there. Mm. And for most of us, as soon as that programmed event is over, we go home. We may have dinner mm. with one another. We may not. So, so actually the programmatic approach of the modern church where virtually everything we do mm. is, is designed around a sort of a programmed event when we gather is, is in a very subtle way also, I think, mm. militating against this idea of being able to look each other in the eye. So for years and years and years, we would, I'd go to a communion service, close my eyes and, and just think <laughs> inward thoughts. And actually mm. then you realize when, when Jesus broke that bread for the last slash first time with his disciples, they all had their eyes open. They were all looking at each other. Mm. They were all actually handing the bread to each other. They were sharing the mm. cup. It was meant to be done, not just with your eyes up and your eyes in, but your eyes out. It was meant to be mm -hmm. done looking in the face of people around you. Mm -hmm. And that sense of commonality, that sense of community, that sense of together. Mm -hmm. And and somehow, especially in our very highly individualized Western concept, I, I think we've somehow got to try and find a way to get back to that if we can. Yeah. It's not easy. Tough, tough, tough. It's, I mean, it's easy to talk about it, very difficult to do. But I, I, I read this together in the book of Acts. And I think, my goodness, when they were together, stuff seemed to happen. And I want to have it together that is more than just meeting. I, I want it together where we are sharing hearts and living together and welcoming the word of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with either of us about something we said, you can reach out to us on podcast at twotext.com or by liking and following the Two Text Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you really did enjoy the episode, then we'd love it if you left a review or a comment where you're listening from. And if you really enjoyed this episode, why not share it with a friend? Don't forget that you can listen to all of our podcasts from this season and others at www.2text.com. But that is it for now. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.